beautiful. Marlon Troy Riggs was born on February 3rd, 1957 in Fort Worth, Texas. He grew up in a segregated community during the civil rights movement and witnessed firsthand the discrimination and racism that African Americans faced. As the child of civilian military employees, which led him to spend a significant part of his formative years traveling, his father was a school principal and his mother was a homemaker. Riggs was a precocious child interested in music, theater, and visual arts. He was also an avid reader and writer, and he often wrote poetry and short stories. His family lived in different parts of the United States, including Texas and Georgia, before eventually settling in West Germany when Riggs was 11 years old. Gene and Alvin Riggs were his parents, and Sasha was his sibling. Riggs' interest in filmmaking began when he was a child, and he made his first film in high school. Riggs' work was not only groundbreaking in terms of subject, but also in terms of form. He experimented with narrative techniques, mixing documentary footage with poetry, music, and personal testimony. His films were not only informative, but also visually stunning and emotionally powerful. During his later years, Riggs recollected the ostracism and verbal abuse he encountered at his junior high school in Georgia. He recounted being called derogatory terms like punk, other gay slurs, and Uncle Tom by both black and white students alike, feeling alienated in a world where he experienced hatred from whites and disdain from blacks. Riggs excelled academically and athletically during his time at Nuremberg American High School, where he played football and ran track. Additionally, he was elected as the president of the varsity club during his sophomore year. Riggs' creative pursuits were also evident in his solo interpretive dance performance at the school's talent show, which depicted the journey of African slaves from their homeland to emancipation in America. After attending Ansbach American High School, inaugural year in Kadenbach, Germany from 1973 to 1974, Riggs returned to the United States to begin college. He enrolled in Harvard University and majored in history as an undergraduate, ultimately graduating with honors in 1978. While at Harvard, Riggs discovered his homosexuality and recognizing the absence of courses supporting the study of homosexuality, he petitioned the history department and received approval for an independent study. His research focused on the portrayal of male homosexuality in African-American fiction and poetry, which prompted his interest in communicating his ideas about American racism and homophobia through film. It was at Harvard that Riggs became interested in filmmaking. He enrolled in a film course and made his first short film, A Tribute to Malcolm X, which was a collage of images and speeches about the civil rights leader. Riggs continued to make films while he was a student at Harvard, and after he graduated in 1981, he moved to San Francisco 
Following his tenure at a local television station in Texas, Riggs relocated to Oakland, California, where he spent 15 years with his partner, Jack Vincent. In 1981, Riggs earned a master's degree in journalism with a specialization in documentary film from the University of California, Berkeley. His master's thesis, Long Train Running, The Story of Oakland Blues, was a collaborative effort with Peter Webster and explored the rich history of blues music in Oakland. In San Francisco, Riggs was a journalist and produced his first feature-length documentary. After graduating from graduate school, Marlon Riggs worked on several independent documentary productions in the Bay Area. He began as an assistant editor and later became a post-production supervisor and editor on documentaries about various topics, including the American arms race, Nicaragua, Central America, sexism, and disability rights. Riggs's proficiency in video technology led him to become the online editor for Espresso Productions, a video production company. In 1987, he was hired as a part-time faculty member at the Graduate School of Journalism at Berkeley to teach documentary filmmaking, becoming the youngest tenured professor at the school. That same year, Riggs completed his first professional feature documentary, Ethnic Notions, which was inspired by an exhibit of Black memorabilia at the Berkeley Art Center, showcasing Black stereotypes from the collection of Jan Faulkner. The film received technical support from KQED, a public television station in San Francisco, and aired on public television stations throughout the United States. Ethnic Notions delved into the widespread and persistent stereotypes of African Americans in American popular culture of the late 19th and early 20th century. Riggs' first feature-length documentary, Ethnic Notions, examined the history of racial stereotypes in American popular culture, as I said before. The film explored how images of Black people have been portrayed in demeaning and dehumanizing ways in American culture from Blackface, minstrel shows of the 19th century to contemporary Hollywood films. It examined the history of racial stereotypes, specifically focusing on how Black people have been portrayed in dehumanizing ways. The film features footage and images from a range of sources, including cartoons, advertisements, and historical artifacts, and shows how these stereotypes have contributed to the oppression of black people. Riggs argues that these images did not simply arise out of a natural inclination towards prejudice, but were created and perpetuated deliberately to justify slavery, segregation, and other forms of discrimination. The film challenges viewers to confront their assumptions and biases and to understand how deeply ingrained these stereotypes are in our cultural imagination. The film was important because it showed how these stereotypes had contributed to the oppression of black people and how they had been to use to justify all these evils in the world. It also challenged viewers to question their assumptions and biases about race and representation. Riggs's most famous film, Tongues Untied, explored the experiences of black gay men. The film was controversial because it challenged traditional ideas about masculinity and sexuality in the black community. It was also a groundbreaking film that opened up new avenues for black queer representation in cinema. Tongues Untied is perhaps Marlon Riggs' most famous film and a powerful exploration of black gay identity. The film combines poetry, music, personal testimony, and documentary footage to create a complex and emotionally resonant portrait of black gay men. 
One of the most significant themes of Tongues Untied is the idea of intersectionality, or how different aspects of identity intersect to create unique experiences of oppression and discrimination. Riggs explores how being both black and gay can create a sense of isolation and an alienation from both the mainstream black community and the mainstream LGBTQIA community. The film is also a powerful critique on how traditional ideas about masculinity and sexuality have been policed and used to marginalize black men. Riggs completed the groundbreaking experimental documentary film Tongues Untied in 1989, which aired on national PBS as part of the television series POV. The film's three principal voices are those of Riggs and poets Essex Hemphill and Joseph Beam. Tongues Untied faced political backlash and Republican Senator Jesse Helms famously argued to defund the arts after its release. The film was not only informative, but also visually stunning and emotionally powerful. It gave a voice to those who had been marginalized and silenced and helped to bring attention to the issue of homophobia within the African-American community. However, before its national television release, Tongues Untied, a production by Riggs, caused a national controversy when it was aired on American public television stations after it ran festivals. However, before its national television release, Tongues Untied, a production by Riggs, caused a national controversy when it was aired on American public television stations after it ran in festivals. The documentary was financed with a $5,000 grant from the Western States Regional Arts Fund, a re-granting agency funded by the National Endowment for the Arts, which sparked a national debate about whether it's appropriate for the federal government to fund artistic creations that some people find offensive. The film, which received a lot of criticism due to its depiction of two men kissing, sparked debates about censorship, free speech, and representation. In the 1992 Republican presidential primaries, Pat Buchanan, a presidential candidate, used Tongues Untied as an example of how President George H.W. Bush was investing our tax dollars in pornographic and blasphemous art. Buchanan released an anti-Bush television advertisement for his campaign using re-edited clips from Tongues Untied. The ad was removed from television channels after Riggs successfully demonstrated Buchanan's copyright infringement. While some conservative groups and policymakers were against using taxpayer money to fund what they believe were repulsive artistic works, artists defended their basic rights of free speech and representation on public airwaves and opposed censorship of their art. Reverend Donald E. Wildman, the president of American Family Association, opposed PBS and the National Endowments for the Arts for airing Tongues Untied, but hoped that the film would be widely released because he believed most Americans will find it offensive. In response, Riggs defended the movie for its ability to shatter this nation's brutalizing silence on matters of sexual and racial difference. Riggs believed that the rhetoric about community standards assumes only one central community and one overarching cultural standard to which television program must be appealed. While working on color adjustments and tongues untied in 1988, Riggs was diagnosed with HIV after undergoing treatment for near-fatal kidney failure at a hospital in Germany. Despite his deteriorating health, Riggs decided to continue teaching at Berkeley and making documentaries. In 1990, Riggs explored African-American male sexuality and its relationship with the African-American community in the short piece's affirmations. In 1991, he directed and produced Anthem, a short documentary about African-American male sexuality. That same year, Riggs founded Signifying Works, a nonprofit 
production company that produces films about African-American history and culture. In 1992, Riggs' second film to air on PBS television series, POV, Color Adjustments, focused on the representation of African-Americans in primetime television from Amos and Andy to The Cosby Show. The film was produced with Vivian Kleinman, edited by Debbie Hoffman, and narrated by actress Ruby Dee. It included original music score by Mary Watkins. In 1992, Riggs directed the film No Regret, in which five black gay men who are HIV positive discuss how they are battling the double stigma surrounding their infection and homosexuality. The series was screened on World AIDS Day and Day Without Art, and it included the participation of Phil Zwickler, Ellen Spiro, Vivian Kleiman, and others. Unfortunately, shortly after completing Color Adjustment, Riggs began working on what was to be his final film. Riggs' final film, Black Is, Black Ain't, was a deeply personal exploration of Black identity. The film examined the diversity of the Black experience and challenged viewers to rethink their assumptions about what it is and what it means to be Black. In Black Is, Black Ain't, Riggs looked at how different groups within the Black community had been pitted against each other and how this contributed to the visions and tensions. He also examined how these divisions have been exploited by the larger society to maintain systems of oppression and discrimination. Black Is, Black Ain't is Marlon Riggs' final film. The film features interview with a wide range of Black people, including scholars, activists, artists, and everyday people, and explores the diversity of Black experience. One of the most significant themes of Black Is, Black Ain't is the idea of authenticity and how it relates to identity. Riggs challenges the idea that there is a singular monolithic Black experience and argues that diversity and difference are central to Black identity. The film also explores how different groups within the Black community have been pitted against each other. Ultimately, this is a powerful and moving tribute to the complexity and richness of the Black experience. Riggs had been open about his HIV positive status and had used his film to raise awareness about the AIDS epidemic and the impact it was having on the Black community. His final film was completed just months before his death and is widely regarded as a powerful, poignant meditation on Black identity and diversity. He died at the age of 37 from complications caused by AIDS on April 5th, 1994, before he can complete it. The project was completed posthumously by co-producer Nicole Atkinson and co-director slash editor Christian Badgley under the supervision of the board of directors from Signifying Works, which included Herman Gray, Vivian Kleiman, and Patricia Turner. Riggs received an honorary doctorate from the California College of Arts and Crafts in 1993. The same year, his experimental short anthem was featured in Frameline's collection of short films entitled Boy Shorts, The New Queer Cinema. During the late 1980s and early 1990s, Riggs published his writings in several art and literary journals, including Black American Literature Forum, Art Journal, and High Performance, as well as in anthologies like Brother to Brother, Collected Writings by Black Gay Men. In his thought-provoking essay, Black Macho Revisited, Reflections of a Snap Queen, Riggs critiques how representations of Black gay men in the United States have contributed to shaping popular conceptions about race and sexuality. He asserts that the black macho archetype, 
which depicts black masculinity as a warrior-like figure based on an idealized view of African history, serves to marginalize and dehumanize black homosexual men within the African-American community, perpetuating homophobia and exclusion. Riggs's film explores the intersection of race and sexuality in the United States, challenging negative representations of African-Americans and black gay men in popular culture. Riggs was a vocal critic of American racism and homophobia, using his films to promote positive images of African-American culture and to portray physical and emotional love between black men. Despite his background in journalism and conventional documentary filmmaking, which emphasizes objectivity and an academic approach, Riggs's film style evolved to become more personal and emotional. Riggs's death was a profound loss for his family, friends, and colleagues who mourned the passing of a talented filmmaker and passionate advocate for social justice. It was also a loss for the LGBTQIA community who had looked to Riggs as a pioneering figure and a trailblazer in the representation of black gay men in popular culture. Despite his untimely death, Marlon Riggs's legacy lives on through his films, which continue to inspire and challenge audiences today. His work has had a lasting impact on the fields of documentary filmmaking, race and sexuality studies and social justice advocacy. His voice remains a powerful force for change and empowerment. And that's the story of Marlon Riggs, a groundbreaking filmmaker and activist who uses his work to challenge the status quo and bring underrepresented voices to the forefront of American cinema. Riggs's films were controversial, but they were also courageous and empowering, breaking barriers for black and LGBTQ plus representation in media. Thank you for listening to this podcast on the life and work of Marlon Riggs. We hope you have gained a deeper understanding and appreciation of this remarkable figure in American history. Join us next time as we explore more stories of people who have made a lasting impact on our world. Make sure you follow, share, like, and subscribe to the podcast Visual Intonations. We're on Patreon. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the other social medias as well. And I will see you on the next episode. Thank you.